everyone. Welcome to the Live, Ride, Learn podcast, where we are learning and growing together through stories. And in the first episode of this season, I put out a really big teaser that something exciting was coming and it really is coming. This is the episode where we are going to introduce (laughs) this exciting and a little bit crazy big ideas. All right, so I have with me today my friend, Caitlin Ryan, and we're going to introduce our big idea today. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, I'm excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so do you want to introduce? Okay, so, well, we are going Wait, wait, wait. Before we tell the idea, should we tell how we came up with this idea? Okay, you, you tell that part. Okay, I tell that, and then you tell the idea. Okay, so where it came from. Um, first of all... I, when I was in like high school was obsessed with the racetrack. So there, there's a teaser. It has to do with racehorses. I was obsessed with the racetrack and I went to college, um, in Kentucky for a couple years to gallop on the track. And so that's the whole deal with writing my book because I am writing about my time on the track. And so a few months ago, Caitlin and I were getting ready to go to Kentucky for some book research because Caitlin and I do all of our like crazy horse stuff together. And uh, literally like a couple days before we left, I just had this image of myself. Like I've always kind of wanted to try being a racehorse trainer, but <laughs> generally to be a racehorse trainer, you are at the track every single morning of your life before 6am. And I just like, can't see myself doing that or being that for until I'm like 80 years old. And so I literally had this image of myself as like an old wrinkly, big haired lady, like, like shuffling up to the racetrack in the morning to train racehorses. And so, (laughs) um, (laughs) cause I was like, that's the only phase of my life that I'll be able to do that. Um, and so then Caitlin and I, went to Kentucky for the trip a couple days after I had that vision and we were at the track every morning. Um, we slept almost not at all during that trip and had a lot of fun and watched a lot of racehorses gallop and we kind of caught the bug. And, um, for the first time I started to realize like, maybe I don't have to be an 80 year old lady shuffling up to the track every morning when you have a partner in crime like Caitlin. So I'm going to let Caitlin share the actual idea. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think that, all right. So I think our trip definitely helped spur this and kind of like, like Sarah said, when you were younger, you were obsessed with the track and I was obsessed with racehorses and that's what I thought I was going to do. And then I just never knew anybody that did it and lived in the city and whatever. And ended up, retraining racehorses instead of training the actual racehorses and uh so we are going to try to do it a little bit or i think our goal is to you know try and make them also resaleable after the track before it's their time do more cross training and body work and make sure we have we just keep up on their health overall um and we're going to, you know, we'll start small. We'll start with 
one horse, obviously. <laughs> and we might spend a little bit time at the track with the horse or kind of maybe the, what's the word shadow a couple trainers and maybe kind of get our galloping legs back oh gosh to kind of get back to galloping our own racehorse that's I think that's part of our our plan right yeah <laughs> so we gotta have to like yeah get get kind of back on track of the race world I mean it's, we both have access to people in our lives that can you know that can kind of help guide us right yeah um, and yeah, so now what we need to do at first is uh, get our licensing and uh, go bug bug some trainers and kind of make a game plan. And we came up with a name. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's great because it's so moms in racing. And then the abbreviation obviously is MI racing, MI racing. And we're kind of like, are we doing this? Are we really doing it? <laughs> And do we really know what we're doing? Really Is perfect. this really a thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, time frame, I don't think we like can totally give, our, give ourselves a deadline or anything. I think we need to like just make, you know, we have a step-by-step plan of how to go about it. And um, I don't know, what else? So we, we have a lot of learning to do. We, both of us have spent our lives at this point, working with horses, training horses, like Caitlin said, mostly horses off the track, not horses still on the track. And so we have a lot of experience, but not necessarily on, on the actual track, which is a very different world. Mm -hmm. And so we're really hoping, you know, we noticed when we went to Kentucky obviously they know a lot of things we don't know and they have things down, but there's also some things that we saw that were like, you know, I think if we could care for the horse this way and ride it in this kind of saddle and provide more cross training that overall the horse will be healthier. And if the horse is healthier, then hopefully it will be happier and run faster and longer and be able to come off the track ready for a new career without this, like, I don't know. It's kind of a cross training level. We will never make it to the Kentucky Derby with this <laughs> business plan. Um, I we've kind of, we've talked about it. I have some connections still in Kentucky. And so we're hoping to get kind of like the Kentucky horse racing rejects <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> at a steal, hopefully. Um, and and then bring them over here to our West Virginia track. That is a great track connected to a casino. So the purses are really good, but the quality isn't the same level as like running at Churchill Downs. And so we're hoping that we can get the Kentucky rejects and make them feel really good and be really happy and, and be able to run well at Charlestown. Yeah, definitely. We have a lot of licensing to get done like there's a license for everything you're talking about exercise riding our own horse and I'm like we have to get a license for that like <laughs> there you have to have a license to own a horse a license to train a horse a license to ride a horse I mean you have to have a license for everything at the track there's tons of rules I don't know about you Caitlin but when, when we were in Kentucky we we're talking to one of my racehorse training friends and I think I must have asked like what do you feed or something I don't know because his horses yeah. are all fat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And racehorses aren't normally that fat. 
I was curious, like, what is he feeding them when they're not at the track running? Right. And he was like, well, you can't feed them too much or they'll test positive. I mean, and when he said that, he means like for drugs, because they're always testing racehorses to make sure people aren't doping the horses up and stuff. But it's like just things in their feed can show up as a positive test result. So we have to learn so much stuff. Of like, because we don't want to get thrown off the track on accident before right. we well, even even topical stuff like people, you know, there's just different, yeah, so many different rules than horse showing. That's like Bob Baffert got thrown out of Kentucky racing because of a topical cream, yeah, that they didn't even know would test positive. So Very. it's like it's crazy the rules, and we don't want to get every track is different too. Yeah. That all the tracks, every state is different. We don't, we just, we don't want to get kicked out in our first race because we do something we don't know. So we have a lot of learning to do. And our goal is to have a ton of guests on the podcast to teach us so that like, we're all kind of, it's the live, ride, learn podcast. And so we're learning together as we go, how to be racehorse trainers. And, you know, most racehorse trainers in the big leagues spend their lives years and years shadowing bigger trainers as like the assistant and waking up every morning and being at the track at 5 a.m. and stuff. Um, But we're really hoping to try like this cross training method of it's like farm girl horse training. We're going to train out the farm (laughs) and then take them to the track. So, so that's it. Wait, let me, Oh, real quick. I want to give a shout out before I forget to two of um, Live Ride Learn's very committed listeners, Declan and Cal. Thank you all so much for being such committed listeners to the show. I hope that you enjoy our little racehorse thing that we're going to be doing. And also a quick shout out to Streamhorse TV. Today's episode of Live Ride Learn is brought to you by Streamhorse TV. Streamhorse TV is the premier international digital community where horse enthusiasts come together to expand their horizons in equine sports and culture. Streamhorse TV is elevating equestrian entertainment, increasing accessibility, and boldly uniting the horse world. Celebrating the horse is our beloved common thread. Follow the herd over to Streamhorse TV for their groundbreaking free video series, articles, and the Streamhorse TV guide. Subscribe to Streamhorse TV for free at streamhorse.tv and follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Streamhorse TV. Streamhorse is all about the rehabbing race forces. That's one of their big missions is helping race horses find second careers. So I'm super excited to work with stream horse on this and kind of show the other side. Cause everyone's obsessed with helping the race horse find its second career, but like, let's enjoy it while it's a race horse too. I mean, these guys are bred to run and it's what, what they, they love to do. And so I'm really excited to get to experience that yeah. more of that side of it, instead of just talking about a second career. So Caitlin, what are some uh, obstacles that you foresee uh, <laughs> us running into. I feel like it's something you should well, be prepared I, for. I think we've already had one obstacle and that's just finding the darn horse. So we'll, yes. <laughs> that's obstacle number one. <laughs> um, obstacle number two is the license. Is obstacle number two would be the licensing, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 
obviously horses get injured a lot so that could be another one but we're going to try and you know do everything right so we prevent injury so we kind of i think that is one thing we do know what how and what to do and we can do it right we can have the, the you know really good shoeing. we can things. prevent some things <laughs> like we it's know like how that. at this point i have 10 years of working with a sore-backed horse yeah. so we know how to do things to like prevent right and help with that but then like a horse gets kicked in the leg and we can't really do anything about that well the racehorse probably won't be living with a friend maybe <laughs> he'll be living with uh dewey his little mini friend <laughs> the, the mini pony dewey is our racehorse babysitter ex racehorse at the moment but he's he's also he's actually has babysat racehorses before yeah all right good he needs a job <laughs> so when robbed him when she had racehorses so yeah well uh I think what I don't know what else is there. There's probably a few other. I I feel like that's the main thing. Like I already feel like I expected to have a racehorse by now. <laughs> um, we when we were in Kentucky, one of my trainers that I have stayed friends with pulled out three racehorses and was like, "You can buy all of these," and he gave us a really good price. But then when we left, I followed up and he. He's not a great communicator. So we basically just like, we just need to show up with a horse trailer and cash yeah, and just take the horses yeah. off the stands. I think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's like we have the horses, but it's oh because you know we're doing it almost like on a friend level. It is, it, it's not as a little slower. Yeah. It's slower. It also, um, the other obstacle would be if we have to put it in a claiming race and it gets claimed. Oh my gosh, I'm already scared about it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make money, but we'll lose our horse. (laughs) Yeah, and then we have to start over. We gotta start over again. I mean, it'd be kind of cool, though. We'll see. I mean, it'd be really sad. Actually, I'd be heartbroken if we put in a race and we're attached to it. So that's the one thing we're definitely going to have to figure out. Yes, and for people listening, if you're like, just don't put it in a claiming race, the thing is that the lowest, so first of all, what a claiming race is, is when you put a horse in this race, it goes in with a price tag on its head to run the race. It has to be eligible to be sold. It's kind of like a auction happening, except it's not a, I don't know. It's that they're all, they have the set price on their head. And so when the gates open and the race starts, someone can buy your horse and you can't say no. And the reason people run in those races is because it's the lowest level. And so when you have like, when you're competing at the lower levels of racing, that is the level that you run at is claiming races. So every time you race a horse, it might get bought out from under you, which you make money, but when you love the horse and you've got this exciting project and then someone buys it, you're like, Uh, wait, (laughs) I think our plan for that is we just want to keep track of it for the horse's sake, you know? Like we want to be able to, we find out who bought it and you would just follow the horse for its career so that we can not wrap up with a lot of racehorses. And it's the unfortunate side of the racing industry where some of them just go and disappear and you don't really know where they went. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if that did happen, our plan should be just to keep tabs on it, you know, find the trainer. All right. And then if it, you know, just kind of follow its career and make sure it does end up in the right place at the end, um, which is time consuming, but I think it, it feels like the right thing to do. 
since we are always concerned about the horse's welfare in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when the racehorses are done, on the business side of things, they then become an expense instead of a income stream. And so, um, and it for people who are training at the track, I mean, when I was at Kentucky, you know, it was it costs like a hundred dollars a day to keep a horse at the racetrack. And so um for us, because we'll be working a lot out of the farm, it's not gonna cost us that. But for owners and other trainers, you know, when they're done with the horse, they're done with it and they're just trying to get rid of it sometimes. So we maybe we could get it back. Maybe we can yeah. follow it yeah. and say, hey, yeah. when you're done, we'll help it find a new home. Yeah, there you go. Who knows? Or maybe maybe we'll rehab a horse and it'll like go on and become famous and win big races. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool too. (laughs) (laughs) Although kind of like, wait, (laughs) wait a second. (laughs) We did that. I, another obstacle that we've run into is like, I keep planning to, for us to go out to the Middleburg training center and shadow one of my friends, who's a track, a trainer out there. (laughs) My family's been quarantined with COVID for like three weeks. I'm like, are we ever going to be able to get out of the house again? So Anyway, it is, there's always obstacles, but we are determined to make it happen. Oh, yeah, we're doing it. We're going to yes, do it. We're doing this. I'm excited to, uh, I've been writing in, in my book where I'm at is I'm on the track and I'm talking about galloping these horses oh. and how strong they were and how every time I was out on the track, I just felt like I was like a breath away from getting run off with. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I talk about how tired I was the first time I trotted a horse around the track two times because it's just so different from riding your regular riding horse out of the farm. So I'm, I'm like nervous and excited about that. I'm like, oh crap. I am, I am like double the age now that I was then. Yeah. I feel like I'm wiser, but I'm not as fit as I was. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> it's a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice if we get one that's kind of been uh unrest for a little, bit, a little quieter, right? And then you kind of yeah. get to know them a little bit as you're putting getting them fit again. And we'll kind of like teach it to trail, kind of go on the trails and things like that. You may we may even have to start by ponying it out on the trail yeah. with that kind of thing, just something different. Hills, things like that, you know. And then yeah. you don't worry about the galloping when it gets a little fitter. <laughs> I was wondering, you know, like if or we get someone, <laughs> if we're teaching it to ride really well off the track, then when we take it to the track, is it going to be like a super strong race horse or is it going to feel more like a riding horse? I was, I'm intrigued by that, but I will say I was yeah. super nervous about messing up someone else's horse when I was galloping. That was always like my fear. But when it's our horse, right? Yeah, it won't matter. I don't have to feel bad. Like it's my horse. If I mess it up, oh well, it's my horse. It's not. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not this pressure of riding someone else's like three hundred thousand dollar race horse and breaking it because it runs off with me. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna wrap this up. Our next step is we need to make a trip out to Charlestown and talk to the licensing guy. Yeah, and just figure out how to do all that stuff. And go to your friend on the track. Yeah, and go shadow Madison. Hopefully, we'll have Madison on. She's very non-committal <laughs> <laughs> being on the podcast, but hopefully, we can get her on and um, 
interview her. She, we actually, so I went to the university of Louisville and was part of the race track program that they have there. Um, and so I have a ton of connections from there and Louisville, I mean, Madison, I met in Louisville and now she lives like close to Caitlin and trains race horses in Middleburg. So I'm super excited to reconnect with her. Um, she just won a really big race over the summer and has just, I, I didn't even know she was in horse racing. Honestly, the last time we talked, we were both playing polo. So, so this was kind of a really fun discovery to realize Madison is successfully training racehorses right down the street from us. So we're going to follow her around and be free labor until we can learn everything possible. Ask her a million questions and hopefully have fun. I have to believe she needs more people, her age around her. Like this will be a fun moms and racing excursion. Yeah. Field trip. Field trip. (laughs) (laughs) It's never too late to learn something new. Yeah. That's another thing. I really hope that this inspires other people to try new stuff. Like we're not there yet, but we're getting very close to 40 and most people would not try something like this (laughs) (laughs) at this point in life. But I hope this inspires people to try something new. Like, yeah, we're not doing it the traditional route. I'm not shadowing, nor are you shadowing a top trainer for 10 years. Like we don't have time for that. We're just trying something new at a very low level. Oh, one more thing I'm excited about when we show horses, you put all this money and time into it to win a ribbon. And I'm really excited to have the opportunity to win real money in horse racing. Like I just think it'll be a lot of fun. Be so fun. Even if it was like, even if it was like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. (laughs) Anything. And to like be able to take family and friends to yeah, watch your horse run because yeah. horse shows are so boring for people who aren't in the horse, the horse. show. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess your family's into horses. My family's not into horses. They are like, we have yeah. to watch a hundred people jump the same course over and over and over again. But with horse racing, it's a lot more fun. So I'm like pumped about getting matching t-shirts and dragging my kids out to the racetrack and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think yeah. my neighbors are gonna want to go because I live in suburbia. Caitlin lives out in the country with other horse people. I live in the burbs in a townhouse, and I think my neighbors are gonna go nuts and they're all gonna come to Charlestown to watch our probably. <laughs> yeah. I would if my neighbor was doing it. Yeah. So fun. So I think we're gonna have like a little fan club of people pumped to go to the races. We're gonna like re revive horse racing in West Virginia. There you go. There you go. Moms and racing. Moms and racing. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Everyone stay tuned. We are going to continue interviewing people to learn about horse racing. And then I also have a couple authors, author interviews coming up. Um, If you missed the episode with Tootie Anderson, be sure to check that out. She has such a cool story about her $10 horse that carried her back and forth across the country going to high level event. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Ride, Learn, and we'll check back next week. Bye. (laughs) Thanks, Caitlin. Thank you. So did.